0: Welcome to Lambs to Lions. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. How many of you felt like your life's gone to a better place over the last 24 hours? I love sitting here earlier today and just sitting up at the top and just was watching all these amazing people speak about their stories and then hearing about the gentleman with his bike. Where are you? The guy with the bike that Rodney oh my goodness your story was incredible and just hearing uh the forgiveness aspect of your story was incredible so inspiring so it's an honor to be here tonight tonight's going to be fun we're going to rock this thing here for the next 30 minutes and you're going to really love what I have to say um I want to say thank you to Pastor Matt for having me thank you so very much I got a chance to do this for a career. This is almost 25 years, and uh, I've had been in 48 countries all over the planet, but this is on my calendar. I could not wait. I was in Puerto Rico here a couple days ago, and I was talking about, I can't wait till I get to, come on, beautiful <laughs> And I was really fired up about you know what God was going to do. And um, so tonight, you're gonna love it. If you have a Bible, go with me. I'm just three scriptures, and I'm gonna get into the tonight. And the title of my speech tonight is Act Like the Champion You Are. Someone say, act like the champion you are. I had a great coach in sports. If you turn to your Bible, by the way, Hebrews chapter 11. And when I was young, his name was Dan Hale. He was a coach uh, for my Little League. And many of you know, I ended up going on to be able to play professional baseball uh, right out of high school for a career. Played for the Boston Red Sox and some other teams. But I always remember him. He'd say, I want you to practice like a champion. Train like a champion. Even when you'd have down days, he'd say the sun's going to come up tomorrow and you're going to rise with it because you're going to be a champion. You're not going to settle for just discount version of what you can be. I want to challenge you to be the champion you are. And he would always say these words and they would inspire me like, hey, I'm not gonna settle for doing the least, the minimum. I'm gonna challenge myself. I'm gonna develop myself. I'm gonna work hard. I'm gonna have a better attitude than people. And he pulled out the champion of me. And I remember after signing my contract, I saw with Joe Stevenson. He's a Hall of Fame catcher. He was the agent that, or the, the scout that signed me. And I remember I went to my coach's house and say, remember all that time when I was a little kid, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, and you were just putting into my, like a corner man, almost in like a boxing ring or an MMA ring. You kept saying, act like the champion you are. Be the champion you're called to be. Don't just be a player in the game. You have the ability to be a champion. How many know greatness doesn't go on sale? Come on, there's no discounts on destiny. And it's easy to let your normal become your enemy. But for things to be different, you got to constantly evolve and become different. And difference possible is personal and it's profitable. And when you become different and things decide, you decide to change things. Because things don't change. How many know until you decide to change them? Have you figured that out by now? Many times we're waiting on God and God's waiting on us. As Pastor Matt said today, two-thirds of God's name is go and the other two-thirds of his name is do. So tonight, this is called Act Like the Champion You Are. Hebrews chapter 11 on the right-hand side of the Bible, 32 to 34, and then you're going to bust into this and you're going to like it. What more should I say? I don't have time to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and prophets, who through faith they conquered kingdoms. Through faith they administered justice. By faith they gained what was promised. Just someone say, by faith... Say like you got energy. Someone say, by faith, I'm gaining what is promised in my life. Then it goes on to say, by faith, they shut the mouths of lions. They quenched the fury of flames. That was talking about Shadrach, Meshach, and the bad Negro right there. Come on, that's cool. By faith, they escaped the edge of the sword. And by faith, their weaknesses were turned to strength. I love this. They became powerful in battle. They didn't start out that way. They became powerful, and they routed their enemies. Oh, this is going to be good tonight. This should give you a lot of hope that God takes shaky people and gives them sturdy projects. God chose you even though he knows what is in you. And as I go around and I speak to people, what I found is there's so much, such a spirit of powerlessness among men. Powerless among people. Powerless, this is the root of all negative emotion. Think about it. If you feel powerless to change your past, you feel guilty and you feel condemned. You feel powerless to change your future, you feel scared, nervous, worried, or concerned. You feel powerless to change your present, you can feel depressed, angry, frustrated. Come on, frustrated people in your life. You know, there's, I mean, if you, you start feeling like I can't change my allergies, if I can't change, you know what I mean, like my financial side, if I can't change the way my weight is, I can't change my relationships, you start to just get to the point, well, I just accept life as it is. And you resign your power because you give power away. I think your life's way too precious to let other people decide how far you can go, who you can become, and what you can have and experience in your life in 2022 and 2023. How many feel like I need to take back, you know, driver's seat of my life and make a new set of decisions because it's not your conditions of your life that determine your destiny, it's your decisions. Your decisions, not conditions, determine destiny. That means for every one of us, there's hope. Whether you're on a roll and you're kicking butt, or maybe you're really stuck in a mess that you got yourself out and you feel like you can't get out of, one new decision can shift things. The Bible said through one decision, you can start to overcome evil even with good. Jesus said you determine the quality of your life. I know we're taught either by society that will just teach it, well, it's up to fate, Or you decide by religion that says, well, God decides who has a great life and who doesn't. That puts us in a place where we're not responsible, we're not accountable, we don't own our results, and it's easy to sit into a place where we blame. But blame you takes away your power. And the Bible says God gave you a spirit of power. Come on, somebody. Slap the person next to you and say, God gave you power. You were never created to be a slave or in bondage. That's why you don't feel good when you feel like stuff is running your life, oppressing your life, and messing with you. You don't feel good being under an addiction. You don't feel good when you're in a relationship that lacks love. You don't feel good when you're being oppressed by ideas or behaviors or you're stuck in behaviors that are healthy for you. You never feel good when you're in captivity. Why? Because you're made in the image of God and there's an instinct inside you that says I was created to live free. I was created to create. I was created to love. I was created to contribute. If I go to the zoo, it doesn't matter how long a lion is raised in captivity. There's a reason why the zoo people lock the cage of the lion at night. Because it doesn't matter how long that thing's been in captivity, how long that thing has been shut down, inside of that lion is an instinct or a mechanism that it was made to run free and be freaking ferocious. It doesn't matter how long it's been chained up. They locked the thing at night. Well, what inside of you, it doesn't matter how, you know, you might say, well, I'm not trained enough. I'm not to leave the comfort. Don't allow your normal. Don't allow your normal to become your, and this is going to be good. Watch this. In 1953, a guy by the name of Edmund Hillary, he wanted to climb Mount Everest before the first guy to ever scale it. After many unsuccessful attempts, he came down from the mountain, and he was climbing with his buddy Tanzing, and he said, Tanzing, stay right there. I'm going to have a conversation with a mountain. He goes, you realize you're going to freaking talk to a thing that can't talk back to you? He said, yeah, let me, leave me alone. He said, Everest, today you've conquered me. Today you've beat me. But I got a word for you. I got a message for you. The reality is you can't get any bigger, but I can and I will. Watch how powerful. Some of you need to look at some things in your life. You can't get any bigger divorce, but I can and I will. You can't get any bigger debt, but I can and I will. You can't get any bigger perversion, but I can and I will. You can't get any bigger fear, but I can and I will. He made a small shift in the way that he breathed. And that one small shift made the world the difference. See, it doesn't take a lot of ideas to radically alter the way that you live life and enjoy life, but just one you're willing to adopt and act on. If we're to pull out the greatness of your life tonight and you were to have things, I want you to look for the one idea that I'm willing to adopt and act on. Maybe everything doesn't make sense to you yet, but there's one I can adopt and act on. If you sit back and just wait for something to happen, how you know a lot of stuff's gonna pass you by. But if you get aggressive and I go, oh, shoot, if I'm here, I'm going to freaking play all out. For the next 30 minutes, I can play all out. Come on. For, all, for 30 minutes, I can just go all the way in. I'm going to look for something that will improve the quality of life. Come on. how many Nobody wants to just walk in and barely limp into 2023 like, I'm going to do the usual again. Come on. I'm going to be normal again. You ask most people how they're doing, they go, oh, I'm fine. How's your marriage? Oh, it's fine. How's your relationship with yourself? I'm fine. How's your skills? They're fine. That four-letter F word screws your life up more than any other thing. Yeah. Come, on. Come on, it's not the F word you think. It's the other F word. I'm fine. It doesn't hurt bad enough to do something radical to change it, and it doesn't it doesn't celebrate or doesn't do something positive enough to where you celebrate it. So how are you? Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. That's slaving people, taking their power away when you were created to do something big. uh, How's everything? I'm just fine. No, no, I'm going to shift that one small shift tonight. So, what do I need? If I'm going to really live, come on, and act like a champion I'm created to be, what do I need? Number one, and this is Matt asked me to speak about tonight, so I'm going to do it. I need the sight. Someone say the sight. sight. Say like you got energy. Someone say the sight. sight. This is going to be fun tonight. The sight is the vision. It's the dream. Come on. Vision is a function of your eyes. Come on, sight's a, f- vision of, uh, is a function of your eyes. Your vision is a function of your heart. God gave you a gift of vision so you don't have to live contained by what you see. Helen Keller said, what's worse than being born blind? Having sight with no vision. Why? Without a vision, you wonder and wander. If you don't have something to reach for, if before you, you always die by what's behind you. What do you mean by that? If you have nothing to reach for, you settle for where you currently are. You become a forward person stuck on backward thoughts. Why isn't life working out? Why is this not happening? Why don't I have joy? Why don't I have energy? Why don't I have hope? Why don't I have focus? Why other people progressing and I'm not? Because you are lacking the power of vision in your life. I remember sitting there one time, I had a gentleman that he was struggling with his sexual orientation. And he was trying to get help. He told me, he goes, I slept with a thousand men. I go, that's not good. And and he goes, I'm sick and I need help. I go, okay. So he stayed at my home for a little bit, took him to his doctor's appointments, helped take care of him because I think that's the Jesus style. I don't believe you judge people because if you judge people, you can't influence people. Let that sink in. If I judge you, I can't influence you. There's a lot of people I love I don't agree with but I can always find a way to serve you. Come on. And the magnitude of your kindness will outlast the magnitude of your genius. That's a real tweetable moment, right? That was actually really good. Thank you for your three, your claps. That was really, really, that was awesome. So he was in my home and he goes, hey, listen, he goes, you've been really good to me and you didn't judge me, you didn't put me down. He goes, I know you don't agree with my lifestyle, but you didn't didn't judge me because of my, I go, I got my own stuff working through. Because God takes a person through recovery and discovery. Yes. Watch how powerful. He goes, can I bring a friend of mine? She's getting ready to go into the porn industry. Can I bring her to your office? I go, absolutely. So she came to the office, and she's a little bit ticked off, a little bit bothered, and I go, I'm so glad you came. She goes, I don't really know why I'm here. I've been through a lot in my life. I go, well, tell me about it. She goes, well, I was one years old, and my mom died. I go, that sucks. She goes, you're not joking. I said, what was that like? Well, growing up without a mom, I didn't have sense of connection and feeling. And I felt so alone Then my dad died when I was nine. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I just got to the point where life doesn't have any meaning. I don't have much hope. I don't really see a whole lot for my future. So I'm just going to do this to make a little bit of money. I know people are going to use my body. and They're going to probably have to drug me just to be able to do this kind of stuff. But I'll at least make some money and I'll get by by making a living. I'll just cope with this because of the pain. I'll just go and let me. She was a pretty girl. And I said, I could see your pain. I could see why you think life sucks. Can I ask you a question? Because Jesus was a master of questions. Whatever you ask is what you receive. If you ask yourself bad questions, you get bad answers. Why do they always do this to me? Why don't those people notice how great I am? Why why don't people do this for me? How many know if you ask yourself a lot of bad questions, you have a Rolodex in your head. You come up with a lot of bad answers. If you asked yourself, how could I use this? How could I help somebody? If you asked yourself a great question walking in those doors today, how could I light somebody up that's in this room that I don't know? Would that change your whole experience here in the next 10 minutes? For any one of us? If you asked yourself, when I go home tonight, how could I be a freaking rock star and show up and light my girl on fire? How You know, set, set her ablaze. How can I stir up my relationship? How can I show, tell my kids before the night's out how special and appreciative they were? Come on, having one question could change it all. I sat there and I go, let me ask you a question. I go, "Uh, have you ever wanted to be married? And she goes, you know what? I've always wanted and dreamed about being married. I go, why? She goes, I think it'd be great to share a life, partnership, and share love with somebody and experience destiny. I said, write that thing down. She wrote down, I want to be married. Then all of a sudden I said to her, I said, well, you want to have her have children? She goes, I've always dreamed about having a child. I go, why? Because she was, it would be amazing to be able to be that kind of a mom that I never. She wrote it down, I want to have a child. Then she all of a sudden, I said, Well, what kind of house would you ever want to live in? She goes, Well, I always dreamed about. And I started noticing this pattern. She kept saying, I've always wanted, I've always dreamed about. And all of a sudden, she grabbed the piece of paper. She's not a Christian lady. She's grabbing the piece of paper and she starts screaming in my office Ah! I didn't know whether to call Dr. Phil or do like an exorcism. i She's like, she just flipped out of my office and the guy that's struggling over here, he's like, dude, I don't know what's going on. He's like, stop it. Chill out, you're next. We'll get to you. She starts screaming. She goes, I have to have this. I have to have it. I see it. I see it, I see my future, I see my vision, I have to have this. I know what my life's to be about. She goes, let's go to the bathroom. What? I'm in my office, she goes, let's go to the bathroom together. I go, you coming with me? Okay. So he comes with me, we go to the girl's bathroom. She goes, let's go to the women's bathroom. i like, what are we going to do in the bathroom? She opens up her purse, and she begins to hand. She goes, here's syringes. She goes, here's heroin. Here's, my, here's the crystal meth. She goes, i got to get rid of this. I have to have this. And she's bawling her eyeballs out, all the while holding a vision, something she could see with her spiritual eye. She goes, i got to have this. i got to have this. Come on. Not I must have. Not I should have this. Come on. The difference in your lives are your shoulds versus your musts. We all have a should list, huh? Oh, I should care for so-and-so. I should pray. I should be kinder. I should be more generous. I should show up and do more. I should show up and skill myself. I should, I should, and you should all over yourself. Yeah, come, on. come on, someone just should it right back there. That was a moment for you to come on and go, yes, that's me. Come on. But how many know, watch, you have a, I have to have something. You find a way, you make a way. You find a way, you make a way. You make room for it when it becomes part of you that I have to have something in my life. Vision's a creative force. Come on, it's powerful. Determines what you reach for. You make the vision and the vision makes you. Oh, really? Your vision's not out here. Your vision's in your heart. What are you allowing in your heart? There's a reason why you should come to church. There's a reason I go to church even when I'm not speaking because I realize everything's reaching for my heart and out of my heart flows the quality of my life. My vision's in my heart. If all I see is pain, abuse, bondage, hurt, bitterness, then that's all I'm gonna reproduce. But if I get God's word inside me, something happens. The filter becomes clear and I start thinking about purpose, not by pain. Is my vision about surviving and trying to get out of something, or is it about getting into something? In fact, if you really wanted to get into it, your vision should be about your calling. You have a calling. Do you mind if I mess with you for a minute? You have a calling. You're responsible for your calling. God wants every one of us, so I say, I have a calling. I don't care if you're 60 or if you're 16. Say, I have a calling. Put your hand on your freaking chest. That's right, you do. God put a calling on your life. He wants you to lead it. War- live your life worthy of it. Honor it. Well, how do I find it? How do I discover my calling? You can find it really quickly. Number one, it's usually what you love. What you love the most, you possess a wisdom to do something about it. What do you mean about it? What do you love to talk about, learn about? Some people love to talk about cars. Some people like to talk about fixing things. Some people like to talk about t- technology things. Usually what you love the most, you possess a wisdom in it. If you ever find out, number two, a clue that you can find out about your calling that give you vision is that it draws the compassion out of you. You can recognize that you've been assigned by God to bring healing to it. Let me help you with this. If you discover what draws compassion out of you, I hate watching people see, be sick. I hate people watching be sick and ignorant of what their purpose is on the planet. Therefore it draws compassion out of me. I can be in a mall, I can be in a restaurant. If I see sick kids, I don't just sit there and go, "Oh, that sucks." I can cry. I start to be moved like, oh, I'm not okay with them staying this way. What can I do to change the situation?" Somebody feels that way about people fosters, kids or maybe going through abuse or trauma and they have a compassion toward it. If you recognize what pulls the compassion out of you, you can recognize what God has put significance on you and you're qualified to bring healing to it. Your caring qualifies you. What if you really discovered that? then that means you ain't normal no more. You ain't your similarity to everybody else. Your similarity to everybody else creates comfort, but your different creates rewards. If you recognize what draws compassion out of your heart and move from your freaking head into your soul, all of a sudden you recognize you were designed to be known for bringing healing and hope and bringing life to that thing. That makes your life so significant. Why? Because it makes you necessary. That means you're loaded with a cure for somebody. Help me help me with this thing. Come on. Yeah, That means you have answers for someone. You have a reward for someone. You have something inside you that will benefit somebody else. Come on. How has that radically changed my life? I went from life was all about getting. Come on. I was a professional athlete. Put money in my pocket. Take pictures of my face. Put them on a baseball card. Send me lots of it. I got, I got to have. I got to have to. Life changes to all of a sudden when you awaken your calling to how can I give? How can I give? How can I bring hope here? How can I bring healing here? Maybe it doesn't start big, but you think big in small places. Because everything big started with something small. That's why the Bible says, don't despise the day of small beginnings. I started right where I was, but that compassion birthed the vision inside me. I'm not going to let people suffer in this way as long as I'm around. But what if everyone doesn't believe you? Maybe their calling's not my calling, but I'm going to be faithful with my calling. Let me ask you about your vision what is your vision about? Oh my gosh, I'm just trying to make you through, Rex. How many know that's not going to give you a whole lot of power to push beyond average, to push beyond the barriers of defeat, push beyond everything? But if I was to ask you, well, let's look at the benefits of and hope to your life. You need hope. Hello, somebody. If we saw in California we had more people die of COVID than we did, or not of COVID, we had people die of suicide and hopelessness than we did of COVID, go study the real freaking numbers. I would venture to say you had more people die in this region of suicide and drug abuse than you did of COVID. Maybe that's why 87% of all medical visits in North America, nothing's physically freaking wrong. They're psychosomatic, where your mind's playing tricks on you, where you feel things and you feel hopeless, and therefore you think something's physically wrong. And that's just the Mayo Clinic report. I need hope. Why? Because hope stabilizes my emotion, my heart, my soul. Let me show you the power. At Harvard, they took a, uh, they took a rat and they put it in a pitch black dark room and they put it in a, in a tub of water. They wanted to see how long it swam till it stopped swimming and it just decided to quit and die. Three minutes and 19 seconds. They took the dead rat out, they put another rat in. This time they poked a little hole where there's a little ray of light that shone into that dark place. They wanted to contrast it. Guess how long that thing lasted? 37 hours and 24 minutes. All with a little ray of light because it believed that if there was light, that meant I was going to be rescued and I was going to be able to make it and not have to give in to the dark. Don't tell me that hope's not powerful. When you have vision, you have hope, even in a tight spot. Even if you're under financially, you're struggling marriage, but if you got vision that you're going to come out of it. Something shifts on the inside of you. But then it focuses your life and you're potent where you're focused. I remember going to Bruce Lee's kickboxing school one time with a friend of mine. And I got there and I, they said uh, all the different male people were all like, you know, already sparring with somebody else. And so this little girl, this little Asian woman, she comes up to me. She maybe like four foot eleven. She goes, oh, hit me. And she had like the little things on, the little bags. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You know, I'm going to wait for a guy because I thought, you know what I mean? I'm too, I'm too, I'm too big. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you and knock you down. She goes, come on, hit me. She goes, oh, you think that I'm too small. Why don't you hit me, you wuss? Come on, challenge your manhood. Come on, y'all freaking manhood card. And so I kept trying to decline it. She goes, come on, hit me, you wuss. And she was egging me on a little bit. I'm like, okay, fine, I'm going to shut her up. I'm going to hit the little that little thing that she had on her hand, like the pad. I'm going to hit it real hard. She goes, oh, I don't want none of that white boy. Come on. So I sat there and I went, pop! But I punched it as hard as I could. And when I went to do it, I put my arm out here. And when she did, she went, pop! Right in my face. <laughs> and so I thought I'd be quick and go, what hey, fake that way and go that way. And she went, pop! Pop! She goes, let me teach you a lesson. I go, you got my attention. I feel demoralized and man, my man card's out the window. She goes, that's what most people do. They spend all their energy trying to connect with a lot of things way out here. And they lose their power because they're not directly hitting with anything. How many opportunities are endless? Come on. I need something to focus on. So if I was to help you, what will your life be about going into this next year? And based on what life's going to be about for you, if you don't ever decide what life's going to be about, life has a way of deciding for you. If you don't have a vision for your own life, somebody else has you a vision for how you're going to support and sponsor theirs. What will the vision be for your life? I need the sight, but then i got to give myself the right. Someone say the right. right. Oh, what does that mean? It's, it's okay. Most people don't give themselves permission based on the belief they have of themselves. But the only future you have is the one you believe in. Jesus said your beliefs conform you or transform you. You become what you believe. According to your belief, let it be unto you. What you receive is connected to what you believe. The enemy's worked hard to make you believe something's wrong with you. Ever since you've been young, tag you with labels, something's wrong with you. Why? Because he knows if you believe it, then all of a sudden you'll begin to act out. You act out who you believe you are. That's right, yeah. This is good. Come on for a minute. Watch. I take you to Africa. There's an African impala. It can jump 11 feet high, 33 feet long. One jump. Would you say that's a pretty powerful animal? Dope animal. But yet, if you put a four-foot fence around it, it will sit there and chase its tail and run around in circles and make squawking noises. It has all that power, but it doesn't use that power. Why? Because when the four-foot fence is there, it tells itself a story. If I jump, I'm going to get pain. I believe I'm going to get pain if I try to jump out of it. It could easily jump it. But yet it now it won't even try. Not that it's not able, but it's not willing because of the story it tells itself. What's the story and the belief that holds you back? Oh, I'm not. I can't. I don't. I don't have enough money. I'm not skilled as so-and-so. I'm not as powerful as so-and-so. I'm not as talented as so-and-so. But the only future you have is the one you believe in. Your beliefs determine your generosity of time, talent, treasure. Your beliefs tonight determine if you show up a lot of energy or you just kind of hold back. Well, I'll wait and see. Your beliefs determine how you show up in your relationships. If you believe it's a place of passion, you're gonna show up advantage of me. How many of you know that's true? You become what you believe. Let me just show you for a minute. Give me somebody that's strong up here for a minute. Come on. Who's a strong man? Who's got some juice? Nobody knows they're strong. Okay, all right, I'll use you. Come here, come here. Right. What's your name? Riley. Riley. Give Riley a clap, everybody. <laughs> all right, here's what we're going to do, Riley. I want you to put your arms all the way out, and I want you to resist me. I'm going to put my, my body weight on top of your forearms, okay. and I want you to resist me, okay? Full strong, okay? Am I using strength? I don't know. You don't know? Did anybody think I was using the strength I had? You're very, very strong, okay? This time I want you to keep your arms up, and I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do in advance. I'm going to have you repeat three things, and I still want you to resist me after I have you repeat those three things three times. Is that fair? So here's what I'm going to have you repeat, okay? I usually fail. I'm not good enough. And I usually mess up. I'm not good enough. I usually fail. This probably won't work. This probably won't work. I'm not good enough. I usually fail. Now, what just happened? First of all, did you notice that as he was saying it, his arms went from here to here? Isn't that interesting? His belief in what he was communicating, his physiology, his physical body responded to what he was saying. Maybe that's why the scripture constantly says, uh, keep your mouth, watch, and you protect your mouth, you keep your soul from trouble, and you'll eat the fruit of your words. Wow. And that a man has joy not by his circumstances, but by the answer of his mouth, Proverbs 15, 23 says. And your innermost being rejoices when your lips speak right things. Now watch, put your arms back out. Come on, ready, come on. Give him a clap, this is good. Come on, really, right much. All right, watch this, okay? Now I'm gonna have you say three things. Say this, say, God loves me. I have a great future and I'm a powerful man. I'm loving. God loves me and I have a powerful future. I make a difference. I'm heroic and God loves me. Now resist me. I want, did anybody notice the difference in that? I do this with freaking guys in the UFC and they're like, what are you, my buddy Chet Congo? Some of you watch Chet Congo fight my good friend, Jacob, they're freaked out when you do this because they're like, how are you doing that? How are you doing it? It's not a trick. Watch what happens. When you believe, when you begin to say something, how much you actually release in your body, how much power you have is dependent on what you think and how you believe. Yeah. Yeah. Before God can cha- give him a big old clap. That's awesome. Come on. Before God can change the world, he's got to change the way about someone thinks about themselves, their life, who they are. You become what you believe. Help me, let me help me master a metaphor for a minute. Life is what for you? What do you believe life is? If you believe life is a race, you're going to value rushing. You ever see people around Chilliwack? Hey, how you doing? I'm busy. (laughs) What are you creating? I don't know, but I'm freaking busy. How's life? I don't know, I'm busy. Do you ever see that play out in people? If you believe life is a battlefield, you're always looking for a fight. Let's be careful as Jesus people to not allow a political spirit to keep you out of a prophetic spirit. A political spirit wants to demonize people because they don't think like you, do everything the way you want them to do. That's called control and manipulation. That's what religion and politics do to human beings. Don't let that stop you. Have a God spirit inside you. Come on, somebody. If you believe, come on. If life's a battle, then all of a sudden you demonize everyone and everything. Ooh, you're looking for a fight. Oh, I'm sure that person's talking bad about me. Come on. Oh, I'm sure that person at my job's trying to get get, get 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 me get me fired, get me in trouble. You're always become suspicious. How are you gonna walk in love? You be all freaking suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, smile. This is good teaching. Watch, but what if life became when you started believing that life was a sacred gift? Oh my gosh! Life became a sacred gift. You remember as a kid when life was a gift? Come on, you climb freaking trees. You splash in puddles because you got innocence. You don't care what color. You had life in you. Come on. The ice cream truck was coming by. You didn't even have no money. But by faith, you were going to get a big stick. Come on, do, 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 Come on, anybody? Come on, we were Poe. Come on, somebody. We didn't have Nikes in those days. We had Mikeys. We didn't even have Adidas or a D, We had Adidas. We had the four stripes. We was Poe. We just didn't know it. <laughs> we, we, we just didn't freaking know it. By faith, we were going to get a big stick. Come on, somebody. Watch. Life is, people are. What are people? What do you believe people are? Are they trash or treasure? Do you have a tent on top of their head? Sometimes I even pray, God, help me see every person the way you see them. Help me see something beautiful about them. Help me to believe the best about them, even if I see the worst. Some of the people that come along my path that I interact interact with, they're in some dark spots. I remember being with people of Motley Crue and they brought me to go talk with the people of Motley Crue and all these people were in a place. I'm just using that as a name drop for a minute, but it is what it is. And I remember the band Motley Crue sitting there with them and I saw a lot of dark stuff that day. But I'm sitting there go, God, give me eyes to see what you don't see. Because the Bible says, I know the thoughts I have towards you to give you a future and a hope. God has thoughts towards those guys, no matter how bad they were or how bad things were, to give them a future and a hope. Help me to believe that, not believe the label on them, to believe where they are, but to believe the way you see them so I treat them with honor and respect and value. I treat them the way you want me to treat them. Or else you walk in there and you're self-freaking righteous. And God hates that. Come on, somebody. I'm better than you. Oh, really? You're out of luck if there's no mercy. Come on, somebody. You're in trouble if there's no blood of Jesus. If you arrive, please stay the way as far away from me as you possibly can. If you feel you've arrived and you got it all together, please stay as far away from me and my family. You'll mess up every church you go into because in your mind, you can't grow. You can't become better. You know it freaking all. Let me tell you something. If you did know it all and had it all together, you wouldn't still be on earth. This is a training ground for eternity. Come on, somebody. That's why you should believe life is a test, it's a trust, and it's a temporary assignment. God recognizes your body here as a tent, not a house. Your death will not be your termination, but your transition. That's what's powerful about who you believe about. Jesus determines where you spend eternity. What you believe about how you treat people will determine what you do in eternity. Can you handle a little bit more of this? Am I right? Yeah. Life is, people are, I am. This dynamic's being played out every day in your life. David, you and I talk about this. Whatever follows your I am, you give an invitation to be in your life. You hear people all the time, well, I'm old. You start saying I'm old, you'll start inviting oldness into your life. Come on, somebody. Oh, I'm big. You'll invite bigness into your life. I'm this, I'm that. It's amazing the words we use to describe who we are. If Jesus popped through that screen and said, hey, listen, I know you're busy here. You got a great men's conference going on in Chilliwack tonight. Rex, get out of my way. Hey, listen, I'd love to be able to lay my hands on every person here tonight. Would you let Jesus lay his hands on you, even if you weren't a charismatic believer? Come on, even if you were a Mennonite and Jesus walked through there, come on. Even if you were a freaking Muslim, would you let Jesus? They would let Jesus do it before a lot of Mennonites would. Yeah. Wow. I speak with Muslim people all the time. They're actually more open to the power of Jesus because in their Quran, 21 times it says Jesus heals, but yet in the own Bible that is so many different denominations of Christians read, they believe Jesus doesn't heal. But yet he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. They've changed I am to I was you got a bipolar Jesus because of what you believe, not who he is. Come on, y'all. Hey. Can you handle this? Your freaking spirit loves it right now. I know. Why are you saying that? Because I want to provoke stuff. Let's really think about something. Let's tell ourselves the truth. Denial is how we get stuck and live stuck. I don't want to stay stuck. There's beliefs that hold me back, that I want to live more free. I want to love people better. Watch. I am. What is I? I'm unlovable. I'm this. What's the label you tag yourself as? I'm this. I'm that. Whatever follows your I am. What if we change? We said this last night. What if you started saying, because of Jesus' blood, I'm righteous? That means I'm forgiven and accepted. What would happen? Confidence will come into your life, and it's biblical. And for some of you that have a little bit more experience, you ought to start saying, I'm anointed. What does that mean? It sounds like it's such a Christian word. The word anoint means I'm supernaturally empowered by the presence of God. Some of you ought to start saying I'm favored by God. And I was in a room about 12,000 people. Dave, I think you were there in Orlando, Florida. And I called a couple out of a crowd for a Fortune 500 company. They had a son that had not talked his whole existence. He was about eight years old. Evan was his name. And they were sitting there, and I coached them live in front of about 12,000 people. And I said, I want you to do something. For the next six months, just start going over and saying Psalm 512 over your kid. The favor of God's on you. You're going to talk. They're like, well, we don't really believe it. We kind of go to Catholic church. We like candles. I go, do your old Catholic thing if you feel like you need to. I don't know if that's really helping you. Come on. You talk to a guy in a box. He needs to be talking you when you're in a box. Come on, somebody. (laughs) That's just the way I figure crap out. you got as many sins as I do. I don't need to talk to nobody in a box. I want to go directly to the source. So he started doing it day in and day out. He wasn't even a full-on Jesus guy. He was a Catholic. He was lighting candles. But he started declaring Psalm 512, the favor of God surrounds me and my son's going to talk. The favor of God's on my child, my child's going to talk. The favor of God's on my child and my child's going to talk. The favor of God's on you, Evan, you're going to talk. About four months after this, in the middle of the night, he wouldn't take his child upstairs. Just a like normal day pick up his child, take him upstairs to put him in his bed. And his son looked at him and said, I love you, Daddy. I love you, Daddy. Thank you for believing in me when nobody else did. He never spoke for eight years, but he got a belief that I'm favored by God. One belief shifted his engagement. He has a son that talks back to him today, not because he was good enough, but his faith opened the door for God to change his world. Your faith can change your world. Come on, somebody. Slap the person next to you. Say, he's talking about you. He's talking about you. Say, that white boy's on player. Watch, come on. You have the sight, the right, but now I need some might. What do I need a might? What do I need might? Sometimes you got to skill yourself. This is where a lot of people don't want to do it anymore. I've already plateaued. I already went to school. I'm already an engineer. I've already got my license. I've already done this. A skilled person, they will stand before kings. Come on, I've learned something about this. If I want to scale my life, i got to skill my life. That means there's no retirement plan for destiny. There's no retirement plan on my potential. To skill, i got to get around people that know how to do stuff I don't know how to do. I want to learn something, practice something. I remember when God said to me, he came to me one night and said, Rex, I'm going to start taking you to all over the world with all kinds of individual. I need you to learn how to speak and communicate in a way that's going to help reach a lot of other people that the church world won't get. Because I can tell you something, church people know how to talk church language, but you're not going to reach the world just talking like church people. Smile. Come on. Anybody know that? You could be in church. They have church taglines. You don't even need God to build a church anymore. You do need it if you're going to build it according to Jesus' pattern. You need the Holy Spirit. Because he said, I do nothing apart from the power of God. And for those who don't believe in healing or deliverance, Jesus said, if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God comes upon you. And Jesus said, I healed them, then I spoke to them. Interesting that the whole thing is, the kingdom of God happens when people get healed mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually financially in every area of your life because God is a healer and when the Holy Spirit's there you can't help but him healing people. Yeah. Never go put yourself in an environment that's church related and you don't want the Holy Spirit there or else you got to organize religion that's going to suck the freaking life out of you. No thank you. He's called the Spirit of Life. Watch how powerful. Watch back he said to me. I'm about to expand you. And I go I don't know what to do and he says okay I felt like, hey, I need to start studying different ways to communicate spiritual truth. Little did I know he's going to start putting me, I started noticing in my crowds like, hey, there's Bono's people. What are they doing in my crowd? Oh, that's interesting. There's Hugh Hefner's girlfriend. What's she doing there? Oh, that's freaking weird. You want me to go meet President Bush? That's weird. I don't qualify for this. I flunked out of Bible school because I cussed too much. True story. Shaky people, sturdy God. Do you still cuss a lot? Not as much as I used to. I'm getting better. Why? Because when you abide in him and come close to him, he changes your desires. I don't want to hurt him. I don't want to sadden him. It's not that I don't have to and booze and don'ts. I don't want to do that because I care about what he thinks. I love him. I'm into him. He makes my soul feel freaking alive. I love the way he touches me my heart, my mind. He he makes me feel and dream and care. I love to be with him. That ain't a religious, I have to do something to be religious. Praise God. Stay away from me. I'll put up the cross. I don't need that. I want a God that's able to come down and help me be merciful to my mess ups and to be able to pick me up and breathe freaking oxygen into my soul and tell me why you made me. Tell me what to do in my days. Tell me how to honor people, treat people. And if you really wanted to know, you'd also tell you you this. I only made you to love you. Don't play hard to get with me. I only made you to love you. What if you actually believe that, by the way? God only made me to love me. Who doesn't want to be freaking loved? I've had sex without love. It's good for an orgasm. It's bad for an ongoing satisfaction. I, anybody want to help me with this thing? Am I the only one that's had cheap sex? Come on. <laughs> am I telling the truth? You're like, am I supposed to laugh? Am I supposed to smile right now? Is anybody watching? Is there any photo? What's going on? Oh, my gosh. Like, what am I supposed to do with this freaking moment? What if God made you just to love you? What if he made you just to love you? Man. That shifts life. But watch, all of a sudden I started skilling myself. I would go speak to empty state. I remember when no one had even hired me to come speak. I left professional baseball and all my friends said, you lost your freaking mind. You got beat. What in the world? You're going to leave baseball? You're going to leave your position? You're going to believe all this? They didn't know what God put in my heart. They were with me, but not for me. Right. Yeah. They were a part, parasite, not a partner. They wanted what was in my hand, not what was in my heart. Sometimes it's good to evaluate who you're rolling with. Do they relate to who you used to be or where you're going? Do they unite your future or do they unite your past? Are they a predator or are they a partner? You walk with wise people. You stack up wisdom. You hang out with fools. Lives unravels. Mr. T said, I pity the freaking fool. Come on, remember the 18th? Watch. I used to go in the middle of the night and go speak. I became a janitor walking away from baseball because I had a dream in my heart that was bigger than where I was. Family were like, are you sure, Rex? Are you sure you heard from God? Are you? I'd go in the middle of the night. I became a janitor for $5 an hour. Fired. I'm not telling you something I haven't done my own self. And I went from being glamorized to being a nobody. Nobody wants to hang out with a janitor making 5 bucks an hour scrubbing toilets in a church. I sat there, though, and I started putting the Bible inside me. I started putting on index cards, three scriptures. And I'd memorize them. And then in the middle of the night, I had keys, 2,000 empty seats. I would go up there, and I would begin to speak, and I would begin to start to motivate the chairs, inspire the carpet. Come on, somebody. I was trying to make the chandeliers happy. I'm sure the angels that were in there watching me were like, yo, God, we need to get him like Xanax or something. The kid's off. What happened to that freaking kid? just a minute ago he's getting paid to pull out of money to play baseball he had a hot girlfriend now he's a janitor for 5 bucks an hour and he's speaking to chairs sometimes all you have is a dream but the dream is the energy of progress it demands come on it's a longing of your soul it's a product of your your future all of a sudden i started skilling myself started speaking Literally, a little months after that, God calls the right people. And I'm like, this is a word for somebody. If you'll start skilling yourself, He'll cause the right people to come along your path to notice you that are capable of blessing you. There's always people coming along your path that are watching you that are capable of blessing you. But if you're not in position and you're not ready, come on, when the master comes, they won't take the opportunity to do something for you. Your gift will make room for you if you'll work it. I remember I was walking down eight months after being a janitor and I started speaking to the kids in the little church because they were like, man, if he cusses, at least it's to the four-year-olds, they won't even know what he's saying. And they wanted me to teach about Jonah the whale. I told them about Free Willy and Flipper. (laughs) I was just doing the best I knew how to do it, throw those little orange orange fish at them. (laughs) I remember God must have been like laughing. Come on, the angels were like, this kid really needs help. But I remember that I was walking with a friend of mine I was a paramedic and all these black vehicles rolled up with police escorts, middle North Carolina. And down one of the leaders in the free world, he rolled down his window and he goes, Who are you? I go, Who are you? <laughs> and I was thinking, like, did I pay my taxes? <laughs> I was all this in my head because I you have all these police and you have all these black cars unmarked. And they go, and I recognize this leader, and he goes, This is gonna sound really weird, but as I was walking by, I felt Jesus tell me, I'm supposed to have dinner with you tonight. Can you come have dinner with me? I'm like, Yeah, I don't got anything else going on. I'm a janitor. <laughs> he didn't know me, he with baseball. We went to dinner that night, and three weeks later, I flew on a G6 to do the peace process with Benjamin Netanyahu, King Hussein. In Israel, my whole life changed in a moment. But nothing would have happened if I wouldn't have skilled myself and prepared myself ahead of time. See, some of you are in the development room right now. Come on. And you're working your land. The plans of the diligent lead to many. If you work your land, you can have an abundance. I need a strategy. Some of you need a strategy for your relationship. Real quick, go after. What is the main feeling you want to cultivate in your relationships? What's it like to be in a relationship with you? When, you? when you get in a relationship, what do people get when they get you? Is it an experience they want to have again? Does it bring passion or joy when you show up? Is it tame? Is it dull? Or like, man, when that guy comes in, come on, that guy brings love. That guy brings energy. That guy brings passion. That, kid light, that guy lights me up. Some of us need to reevaluate that for a minute. Come on. Because all increase comes through people. It's from God, but it's through people. Ooh, come on. That's why people who fall in love with their product for business for a minute, usually product does not put their product or their service and they forget that they serve customers. And the only way to keep customers is to give an experience to your people that they want to have again. If I'm a trainer, it's not that I can just help them build muscle. I want to give them an experience where they feel better. They are enlarged in who they are in their eyes and they feel that they got more to give. If I give them an experience, it anchors them to me. That's why Starbucks was not built on coffee. It was built on a third home. I'm going to create a third home where people have value and people know your name. That's why Apple was built on we sell dreams. This is a good little teaching for a minute. Watch. You skill yourself. But what a strategy side in your relationship for a minute. Look at this. Am I getting into my relationships to give or get? Give or get. I end in the last five minutes. Watch this. Watch how powerful this. Why don't you revisit what brought you together with people? Hey, babe, you remember when we made love there? That was awesome. I say this to my wife all the time. Hey, remember when we talked about that? We dreamed about that? Hey, remember when we did that? You tell your kids, you tell your friends. Hey, remember when we enjoyed that? It brings a sense of bonding and connection. You mean something to me. I care about you. You're powerful in my eyes. You're strong in my eyes. You're stronger than you think. I watch your life. I admire your courage. I admire your, I admire the fact that you keep getting up, even when you've had some setbacks. I just want you to know, I really appreciate the value you bring to my life. When I think of you, I think of strength. When I think of you, I think of passion. When I think of you, I think of love. When I think of you, I think of substance. When I think of you, I think this. When I say that kind of stuff, how many know they rise to the level of your confession? How many of you have seen studies before? You take F students and you put a teacher that doesn't know they're F students and they start telling them that they're champions and they treat them like they're A students. They rise immediately to A students. Not because they weren't before. They had nobody challenged them and gave them a confession to rise up to and told them they were powerful. Yeah, come on. If you're God's people, we have a responsibility to tell people who they are. We said this last night. Tell the kids who they are. Come on. Why? Because the Bible says, your children shall be mighty in the land. Not maybe mighty, not miniature mighty. I don't tell my little girl, hey, be average in the land, Miha. Oh, Kira, just be average. Be average at school. Be average in relationships. Be average. No, 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 no. You're going to be mighty in the land. God says you're going to be mighty in the land. You ain't going to be normal. You ain't going to be regular. You ain't going to be status quo. You're going to be freaking mighty. Mighty in love, mighty in passion, mighty in creativity, mighty in service, mighty in kindness, mighty in health, mighty in strength. You're going to live a powerful life. She puts her shoulders back, shifts the atmosphere. This is something I actually say all the time. Maybe you adopt it. I go, everywhere I go, I change the atmosphere from darkness to light, sickness to health, bondage to freedom. Everywhere I go, I shift the atmosphere. I'm not the biggest. I'm not the tallest. I'm not the strongest. I'm not the most educated. But everywhere I go, I know that I have the power through my mouth to change the atmosphere of people's lives. So do you. Well, I'm not like you. I'm not an extrovert. Good, because I'm not an extrovert either. What happens is when you put a tent on somebody's head and how can I serve you, how can I enrich you, how can I tell you who you really are in my eyes and you care more about them than you do about your own persona, you can I communicate, I want to connect. Yeah. Anybody with me in this thing? would it be awesome to go home and build a new bond with your family, build a new bond, and even go into Christmas, tell your kid who they are. Write them a little letter and say, put it in their underwear drawer. I'm proud of you, mijo. I'm proud of you, son. I'm proud of you, sweetheart. You're a beautiful girl. You're intelligent. I love the way you treat people. You're going to do great things. Put a letter letter in your wife's drawer. You're the most freaking sexiest thing that I've seen. I won't ever want you to forget how beautiful you are in my freaking eyes. Don't you act like she's going to be all normal when she wakes up. Bam. Come on. Hey. How many know you can change the temperature by the words you tell? Watch. Watch. You have the sight, the right, the might. The question is, do you have the fight? Matt asked me to do this. Can you give me that box for a minute? I'm going to finish this. What do you mean? So many people. Don't watch them. Say, all eyes on me like Tupac said. Come on. (laughs) All eyes on me. Some of you don't know that. You all know the Christian songs. That's not what I came out of. Come on, somebody. Come on. Some of you all like that. You're like... The preacher, that that minister guy, he knows Tupac. (laughs) I work with some of Dre's people, Dr. Dre's people before, not too long ago, actually. And uh, it's interesting. But let me say this for a minute. Do you have fight left? Do you have enough fight inside you? Do you have enough fight to fight fight through the pain to get to something? Do you have fight inside you to fight for somebody else? Let me ask you, going into 2023, who are you going to fight for? Who are you going to fight for? Are you going to fight with people or fight for people? It would be easy in my career, and I'm just giving you a real straight shot as a dude to a dude. They pay me a lot of money to come in and speak. I didn't come for the same price that I go into businesses. I go into Fortune 500 companies, 12,000 people. They pay me a massive premium to come in and speak and communicate to them. And then I get a chance to go in the back. They'll take me by a limo or a nice driver with a bodyguard. They'll take me to back, nice plush, five-star hotel. And they treat you like you're somebody different and special than everybody else. And they always freaking wonder, why in the world do you not want that treatment? You want to sit on the stage and care and pray for a bunch of people in a business environment because there are people that are hurting. Because this isn't about me. I want to fight for people's destinies, families, their lives. I don't care about people. This isn't a career. It's a calling. Sometimes when you recognize what you're fighting for, I ain't fighting for a dollar. Come on, somebody. That's a cheap way to build an expensive, rich life. Well, I'm just trying to get by. Maybe change your vision. What if your vision became how much you could give away next year rather than how much you could get? I got a vision for what I want to get, but I have a vision for what I want to give. Come on, let me take you to Africa, and you go pick kids out of the dump with me that have AIDS written all over their body, and church people don't want to touch them because they're afraid to get them. But you get over there, and you see how much value is in a trash dump. All the cool points are out the window. They don't care if I wear Prada. They don't care if I live in a big house or a small house. They don't care if I drive a Toyota or drive a They really don't care asking some. spoke and never walked one day in his life, four years of age, everybody in his family dead by AIDS. That little boy was jaundice, size of about a 10-month-old picture. I have pictures of him. And he sat there, and I held that little boy in my arms in front of masses of people in a massive tent, and all these people went, oh, like, I couldn't believe you're going to do that, Manzugu, white guy. Manzugu, why are you doing that? Manzugu, why would you touch him? Because there's value. I'm not okay being comfortable by myself. I'm going to fight for that kid's life. But don't you know he's got AIDS? He'll probably die. He's been in the hospital so many times. As long as he's living, I'm going to fight for him. I, uh, well, what does that mean? That means I'm going to pray and I'm going to love him. I'm going to provide for him. I'm going to put him in school. I'll get him the treatment that he needs. I don't have all the resources, but I have something in my hand. God says, what do you have in your hand? Something in your hand I'll multiply. Something in your hand will create something in your future. When something leaves your hand, something leaves heaven's hand. It's a law of God. Whatever you sow, you shall. Whatever a man shall sow, that will he reap. I remember picking that kid up, and I started kissing that little chocolate kid like nothing. All over his face. I go, you ain't dying on me. You ain't dying. You're going to live. He looked completely lifeless. I said, I refuse to let you die. You ain't dying on my watch. Ezekiel, God says, do I find any man that will stand between the dead and the living and fight for him? God says in Isaiah, can I find a man? God says in Chilliwack, through this red, bald-headed guy with tattoos underneath, he's begging, can I find a man where the cool points are out the window, that I care more about heaven's idea of a calling and purpose? Can I find a man? Somebody with a heart that cares. I'm not just going to fight for getting mine, but I'm going to fight for somebody. I'm going to fight for breakthrough in somebody. Even while I'm getting better, I'm going to fight for somebody else. I'm going to fight for them. I remember picking that kid up, kissing that little boy, you ain't dying. You're going to live and not die. You're going to live and not die and declare the glory of God. Psalm 118, 24. You will live and not die. You will live and not die. You will live and not die. I sat there and did that. I went away to Tanzania for a couple days, and I came back, and we went to the hospital with the doctors. They went all these different tests on the boy. They ran him over and over and over. I had a DJ from Seattle that was with me on the trip, and then all of a sudden these doctors came. We put on a birthday for all these kids in the dump. Birthday, we dressed them as kings and queens. Come on. Kids that lived in the dump. By the way, how are you going to help anybody if you stay poe? Come on. How are you going to help nobody if you stay poe? Come on, somebody. It takes money to make things happen. Come on. Come on. I'm pro making money. Only if it's for purpose. Because profit without purpose gives you pain. That's good teaching right there. Watch. I remember sitting there with all these kids, and they're jumping in jump houses. We, we paid for all of them to have birthday birthday cake smeared all over their freaking chocolate faces. Come on, somebody. It was all over. They thought, man, you had so much sugar, they were like passing out in the middle of the jumpers in the middle of Africa. And all these doctors showed up, and we went into a room. And they said, quote, unquote, they said this, what in the world did you do to that boy? At first, I didn't know who they were talking about. Finally, they elaborated it was Boniface. And I go, I said, I picked him up out of the the dump and I had him with me in this big tent and I just kept saying, you're not gonna die, you're gonna live. And and, and I refuse to let you die. I refuse to let you die. I have God's representative on the earth, Jesus. Peter said, such as I have, I can give it away. I have Jesus' life in me, I can give it away. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Come on, what I got, you gotta get it, put it in you. Don't break the rhythm, don't stop, continue. That's the Red Hot Chili Peppers wisdom right there, by the way. That was pretty good right there in the middle. Uh, that was pretty good. A little detour, but back, a little commercial. And they, uh, I remember they go, What happened? And they said, We've been doing the four different tests we do for AIDS and HIV. And they said, Everyone keeps coming back negative. We've ran them for the last three days. You've been in Tanzania. That little boy that was fiending for trash, and they'd feed him, and he could not walk and talk. They left him there in the dump. Found someone to fight for. Today, he's 16 years old. He runs, he walks, he talks, he goes on dates. Come on, somebody. Not one trace of AIDS, not one trace of HIV. And I believe it's only God's the one that will only heal him. Jesus is the only healer. But he needed someone to fight for it. Come on, watch how powerful. I end with a story. There was a boy by the name of BP, Birkeland, seven years old, true story. You can go study it out. Seven years old, he was diagnosed with polio. His mother did not know what to do because they said within six months, you would lose your ability to walk and you'd lose your lower half of your body, your extremities. So she didn't know what to do. So she had a box where she did her chores. And so when, when he was doing, she was doing her chores, she would put him in the box so he could entertain himself and not hurt himself or get in trouble. Seven years old. Brothers and sisters all went to school. So at seven years of age, she built this box she had a box for him. It was a wooden box. And she put him inside the box. Day in and day out, without, within about seven months, he became paralyzed at seven years of age. True story. Go look it up. He sat in that box over and over and over, day in and day out. Finally, he was getting bored, so he said to his mother, He said, Mom, he said, mom his mom said, Here, here's, a, here's a mirror. We'll put a mirror in front of the box and, uh, and you can entertain yourself. So he's making faces in the box, you know, just entertaining himself. He's seven and a half years of age. And when he was sitting there one day, he saw himself, and he saw himself running in the mirror. And Jesus appeared to him. It's a true story. Jesus said, You will walk and you will run. Nothing had changed on the outside. He was still paralyzed from the waist down. And he goes, Mom, 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 Mom. Look in the mirror. Look in the mirror. Jesus said, I will walk and I will run. Oh, no, no, no. God doesn't do that anymore, BP. That's only your imagination. No, 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 Mama. Mama, Mama, look, there's Jesus. He told me I'm going to walk and run. BP, don't believe that. God doesn't do that anymore. One day when you get to heaven, then you can walk. He said, all I knew from that moment was I needed to start making little moves. He said, I couldn't do much, but I started making little moves. Come on, somebody. Because faith without a work is only an idea. Come on. Faith without works is lifeless. Some of you need to give your faith a life and take some action. Watch how powerful he starts moving a little bit. His mother said, what are you doing? He goes, I got to get out of the box because God said I'm going to walk and run eight years old, nine years old, day in and day out, he rocked his box. As he got older, the box got bigger. True story. At 13 and 14, he found a way to get out of the box and he would start to crawl and he tried to go up to the kitchen table and pick himself up and he would fall down. Many times he'd be discouraged, but he would remember Jesus said, you will walk and you will run. 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 So day in and day out, he was, he was just moving. He didn't realize he was building muscle. See, some of you don't realize how far you've come. You're in church, come on, on a Saturday freaking night. Come on, somebody. And you don't even want to go to church, but you're listening to something and you're making moves. Come on, you're making moves. All of a sudden, you're building muscle. Why? Because repetition builds muscle. You're building spiritual muscle. You're praying. You're lifting your hands. You're caring for somebody. You're giving. What are you doing? You're building and sowing for your future. Watch how powerful. 13, 14, 15, he would knock over. At 16, he's still in a box, hours a day. He got to the table one day and he fell down and he couldn't. his legs couldn't carry his body. And he began to think, you know what? Maybe I'll never get out of that box. Maybe all I thought was in my imagination. His parents didn't believe it. They said, be good, just honor your mother and father. That's the Lord's commandment. But yet Jesus told him, you'll walk and run. And he got back in a place of discouragement. And he thought, man, maybe I didn't see it. But he said, man, I owe this to myself that I need to really rock with all my might and I need to fight my way out of this box. I need to fight my way out of this box. For you, that box might be you drive in a box, you work in a box, you eat out of a box, you live in a box, come on, you sleep on a freaking box. But some of you, come on, you've been in a box too long that you forgot how to run. You forgot how to walk. You forgot how to love. You forgot how to use your life to change other people and be heroic in your life. Just like BP, he got in that box and he began to rock. His mother said, what are you doing? You know it's not going to work. You know the other times it's failed. He goes, I don't care about the other times. What matters the most is what I do right now. It doesn't matter what happened in the past. Faith is now, not then. Faith is now, not then. What I do now determines what I see next. He started rocking that box All of a sudden, he rocked that box. I don't know what that box is. For him, it was a diagnosis. That diagnosis paralyzed him. What's been the diagnosis for you? Is it the box of fear that paralyzes, sterilizes, and polarizes your freaking soul? So you isolate yourself from help and seeking out strength from other people. Maybe it's guilt that keeps you a prisoner of your past. Maybe it's shame that you feel bad for who you are, but it keeps you in a box. It keeps you from demanding greatness out of yourself. Maybe it's a shame of anger and bitterness, and bitterness is blinding you because you hold on to the hurt rather than release it through forgiveness, and it keeps you in a box because you know you have love in you, but the lover can't live because you're hurt. But yet you're in a box, like BP, you said, I got to find a way out of this box. Do you have enough reasons why the next six months are going to be better? Do you have another six? Do you have any reasons why your marriage, your relationships will be better? Are you a man that has enough reasons that I have to rise up and get out of a box? He started rocking that box. And when he did, he tipped the thing over. His mother said, you know, it's not going to work. He started climbing. He started crawling to a table that denied him. Over and over and over. He came to a table. Isn't that interesting? The Bible says God prepares a table before you, but it's in the presence of your enemies. Some of you are running from your enemies when there's grace to defeat your freaking enemies. Watch that. Watch. Because you can't conquer what you won't want to confront and deal with. You can't defeat the Goliath. And if there's a Goliath and a giant in front of you, God knows there's a freaking David inside you. He knows you got what it takes to overcome it. He came to that table, and he started to lift himself up. He started to lift himself up, all the while the people closest to him told him it probably won't work, and he held on, and he stood up for the very first time since seven years of age, and he was all shaky. He says, look, Mom, I'm standing. Look, Mom, I'm standing. She says, get back in your box. He's been paralyzed for nine years Get back in your box. See, not everyone's going to recognize you when you step into who you really are. When you reclaim the dreamer inside you, people want you to be average. When you reclaim the lover inside you, people want you to settle for being indifferent. He was shaky, and his mother said, get back in your box. He goes, Mom, look, I'm standing for the first time. Look, Mom, and he's shaky. When you take a new stand, it won't feel as comfortable at first. Don't expect it to. Faith is not a feeling. Faith is in your feet. Come on, somebody. You got to take a stand before you take a step. You got to take a stand before you got to take a step. Hey, hey, come on. All of a sudden he's shaking and he takes a step. we holding on. He's shaking. His mother says, get back in your box. Mama took a step. Get back in your box. She came and she pulled the back of his shoe to pull him back and when he did he goes all I knew was I couldn't stay in the same place or else I was going to go back in that box and stay paralyzed so he says I just took off and hoped it would work not even thinking and she started to run around the kitchen he starts running the crazy thing was his mother started chasing him he says, Ma, she said, get back in your box. He says, I'm never going back to that box. I'm never going back to that box. I'm never going to go back to that box. That box became a box of destiny. I don't know what box you came the last 24 hours with. Whether you slip in it, you eat out of it, you live in it in your head, it's a small little box, and it's paralyzed you. It's kept you from moving and doing things that God's put in your heart to do. But tonight's going to be a night where you decide, I'm going to stand up. Come on. i won't break out of that box. Whatever that box it is. give the Lord a clap and a shout. I'm done speaking. Come on, stir yourself up for a minute. Hey, come on, you powerful people. How many of you got something out of that? How many of you got something out of that? I went a bit a little bit longer than watch. Watch. Watch, watch, watch. I want you to gather with three people three people only. Turn to three people. Tell them what the box is that you need to break in your life. Have some freaking guts. Come on, man up for a minute. Tell them, come on. Tell them, don't be intimidated. And don't try to change anybody. Come on, just listen to somebody because you care. Tell them the box you got to break. It's a box that steals from you. It robs you. Okay. Now I want you to do something. Even if it makes you uncomfortable. Good. Let's be a little uncomfortable. I want you to put your hand on their shoulders. Put your hand on each person's other brother's shoulder like you care. Care for them for a minute. You are your brother's keeper. I don't care what color of nationality, background. You care for them. And for just 15 seconds, I want you to pray for them like you care. Even if you're not good at praying, say, God, help them. Give them strength. Give them wisdom. Give them peace. Just for 15 seconds. Come on, you can try it. If you don't do it here, you're not going to do it anywhere else. Come on, just for 15 seconds. Pray out of your heart. Pray out of your soul. You don't got to say all the right words. God's listening. He cares. He'll answer your prayers. He'll answer your prayers. He's rich to those that call on him. He cares. Come on, pray for that person like you care. Put your soul on the line for them for a minute. God, let them feel love. Let peace come back in their mind. Help them have see vision. I pray heal them where they hurt. Give them strength. Help them overcome negativity, negative thoughts. Help them break negative patterns. Help them break sinful patterns. Break poverty off them, God. Bring them in abundance, open opportunities for them. Give them light. Give them wisdom. Help them see things. Give them a hunger for you. Let your love heal their hearts and remove fear from them. Let it cleanse them from shame and guilt. Let new beginnings over their life. Whew. Come on, watch that page. This is good. Okay, all eyes on me now, watch. I'm gonna challenge you, don't break. Watch, here's what we're gonna do in Los Angeles, where I live. Outside of Los Angeles, they're still going for it. Okay, all eyes back on me, all eyes on me. Okay, here we go, watch. Okay, all eyes back here for a second. We're gonna do something that they do with the gangs in LA. Here's what they do. To get in a gang, they beat you up. They jump you in. No, we're not gonna do that part, come on somebody. Like if they were to open up a can of whoop, no, we're not gonna do that. But here's what we're gonna do. On a monthly basis, what they do to keep them in the gang and keep them anchored in the gang, they put one guy in the middle. It's playing Tupac, cause I said Tupac. <laughs> oh, that was the edited version. <laughs> That is freaking dope right there. I said Tupac on my phone and then it started playing. No, don't play Tupac. But what they do is they'll put, come here, I'll, I'll, come here, you guys, just come here, stand. Matt, come in the middle, I'll use you for a minute. So if Matt's in my gang, come on. This is what they do once a month, they'll put him in the middle. And let's say his gang name is Spooky. We'll call Matt Spooky, come on. No, let's do a better name. Spooky's not a good one. What would be a good gang name for Matt? Rev. Okay, we'll call him Rev. There you go. Okay. I don't know if that's much of a gang name, but whatever. All right. But this is what they would do. One person would say, Rev, you're freaking brave. You belong here. The other person would speak out and say, I admire your strength and commitment, Rev. And they'd push him. The other person would say, you're valuable, homie Rev, because you... You care about the familia. You care about our family. They would find things to say that were true about him, and they would affirm who he is. It actually is a bad, it's the right strategy with a bad spirit because it keeps them anchored in the gang because it affirms that they have value here. The Bible says God wants all of his people to speak words of life and future. Moses said, I want all people, God wants all his people to be his spokesmen. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to put one person in the middle. Come here. Put one person in the middle with all y'all. Come on, go get in your little group. Come on, three people. I want you to find, and I want you to look for potential in one person. Don't be nervous. Come on, look for it. Whether you admire something or you want to affirm something or speak life into it. Come on, you could do it for a minute. Come on, put one person in the middle for 10 seconds, 15 seconds, and then we'll switch. One, two, three, go. Come on, put one person in. Come on, speak life into them for a minute. Come on, speak life into them for a minute. Come on, speak life into them for a minute. Come on, tell them something truthful, tell them something powerful. Okay, when, when you do that, take it in. The person that's in the middle, listen. Receive it. Come on, you powerhouse. Come on, you world shakers. Put the next person in the middle. Come on. Look for God qualities. Look for God potential. Look for God's promise over their life. Hey, get to the third person. Come on, get to the third person for a minute. Come on. Be the change you want to see. Come on, put them in your gang. Come on. Put some words of life into them. Come on. Let your words bring power to their life. Come on. Not poison, but power. Come on, fifteen more seconds. You can do it. Woo. All right. Okay. Here's what we're gonna do. Here's what we're gonna do. Now I want you for a minute. You try other things. I want you to try this. Okay. Some of you, it's a new. It's a new. It's a new stretch. They're still rocking out over there. They're beating him up over there. I love it. <laughs> You're like, dude, man, that guy's got whoop. Come on. They just, gotta, they just choked him out. But, oh, they're going for it. Okay, we'll let them go. Here's what we're going to do for a minute before we get out of here tonight. We're going to do this for a little bit, okay? I want you to close your eyes for a minute. Just try this. You try other things. You might as well try this. Okay? Lift, lift your hands to God, and I want you to think about who God is to you. Who is God to you? Sometimes I like to tell him, I go, God, you're the dad that I needed. You're the God that's my strength. You give me strength, you give me life. So I want you just for 15 seconds, the best you know how, just honor him and tell him something truthful. You don't give him all biblical words. Tell him how you really feel about him. Thank you for loving me, your love. You're kind and you're good. You give me life. You're my healer. You're the one that gives me freedom. You're the God that gave me back my mind. You protect me. You keep me. Come on, just for a minute. Thank him for a minute. I want you to honor him for a minute. You told other people what they are. He tells you what you are. He says, you're my kid. You're my son. I'm well pleased with you. He tells you you're my child. He tells you you're my special treasure. He said, I wanted you so bad. I gave my very best. I gave Christ for you. So if you would believe him, you could be my child. He says that you're anointed. He says, I accept you. I approve of you, all your weaknesses and everything. He says you're healed, even if you're struggling. He says you're blessed, even if you don't feel like it. He says that you're loved and cared for, no matter how you feel. He cares about you. Let him love, let him, love him a minute. God, I, I love you. I really do. I just thank you for being so kind to me. Thank you for not treating me the way my sins deserve. Thank you for rescuing me from my fears and my darkest memories and haunts. Thank you, God, for protecting me. Thanks for healing me. Thanks for caring for me. Thank you for caring. Thank you for being a shepherd in my life. Thank you for being my defense and my way of escape. Thank you that you're the God that brings hope. You're the God that's love and the God that's full of faith. And I thank you for believing in me. I thank you for just caring for. him for me. Watch, let him feel it. Say, God, fill me with your love and let me feel it in my heart. Thank you for tuning in today and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry.